You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Blue View Radio, and this is the Chris and Nick Show. Thank you for joining us. I am Nick Filato, joined, as always, by my friend, Chris Flum. We're about to go over a tight end. The New York Giants drafted a tight end. Giants, synonymous for great tight ends. Jeremy Shockey, Mark Bavaro, and hopefully now Daniel Bellinger can join that list. But that's way in the future. But Chris, how you doing, my friend? You know, I'm, do- I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm awesome, bro. I'm awesome. So Daniel Bellinger, when I heard the Giants made this selection at the top of day three, I wasn't shocked because we know looking at the landscape of the New York Giants tight end position that that was – a low-key priority for the Giants to find, even though Brian Dable didn't use the position all too much in his offense with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. But they add Daniel Bellinger. I didn't watch a lot of his film before the draft, but after I watched the film, I came away impressed and with the thought that he was slightly underutilized from a receiving standpoint because he played in that Aztec offense out there in San Diego State. What were your impressions, your initial impressions of his film, Chris? Yeah, I felt a lot, a lot of the same way when the Giants announced the pick because we, we knew they were going to be drafting a tight end. Uh, they had released or moved on from their top three tight ends from a year ago. Uh, they added Ricky Seals Jones and Myrick, and yeah, that's that's fine. That's enough to get by with, but that doesn't give you a whole lot for the future. So we knew they were going to be drafting a tight end. We just didn't know who, and we didn't know when. So I, I wasn't surprised that they drafted a tight end on day three, top of day three. And I wasn't surprised it was Bellinger just because I figured all options were open for the Giants. I didn't think there was a really bad way they could go as far as picking up a tight end, partly because I wasn't sure what they wanted to use their tight end for. You know, like you said, Brian Dabble didn't use his t- tight end Dawson Knox a whole lot up there in Buffalo. But also Dawson Knox was really, really raw when he came into the NFL. Like he still isn't a super productive tight end, but also have Mike Kafka coming in from Kansas City. And they do have a very productive tight end there in Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, Bellinger, I'm with you. He's a good blocker coming out there from San Diego State because they did two things on offense. They ran the ball and they ran RPOs. And Bellinger did a ton of blocking and he also did some, just a bit of receiving. I I don't think he ever got much above uh, 350 yards in his three years as a starter. But when he did catch the ball, he was able to scoot, get up field. And like I said, he's got a lot of experience in those RPOs, which, you know, I think those are going to be a big part of the Giants offense. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really big part of the offense as we have kind of seen from people on the beat, tweeting out 
how the new offense looks like there's a lot of RPOs, putting the ball in Daniel Jones' hands, having him read a defender and then make a decision. And that's something that we saw with Daniel Bellinger. He ran a ton of those routes just out into the flat where the quarterback read the end man on the line of scrimmage. If he crashed down, then he would throw to Daniel Bellinger. If he did not crash down, then he would just hand the football off. And now that running back doesn't have that backside pursuit defender to worry about. As for Bellinger's stats, Chris, he had 31 catches last year for 353 yards and two touchdowns. And that was his most productive year in college as a receiver. But you look at him on the field. I wouldn't necessarily say he is fast, but he can move. And there were some times where I thought he was deceptively agile because he doesn't look it. He doesn't really necessarily look stiff, but when he has the football in his hands, he's not like Kadarius Tony out there juking out anybody like that. But there were times where I felt like it was him against a defender who had momentum barreling down towards him. And he was light enough on his feet to make them miss. And you're like, okay. And then once he gets hit, he always falls forward through contact, which is something else I really appreciated. Yeah. He's got a very good build to be kind of that Y tight end where, yeah, he can block in line, but he is also athletic enough. Like he's not an undersized offensive tackle. He's not, he's not Levine Toilolo out there just being massive and stiff. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify Bellinger as a twitchy tight end. You know, to me, the the word that kind of just leapt to mind watching his tape is rolling where, yeah, I thought it was kind of, he kind of rolled off the line of scrimmage. He kind of rolled through his routes, but that isn't to say he's sluggish. And like you said, he's got some, he's got mobility to him, which I, I think that might be the best way to put it. Yeah, he ran a 4.6340 at the combine with 22 bench press reps, jumped 34 and a half in the vert, 125 in the broad, so over 10 feet, and then he had a 705 three cone and a 447 short shuttle. And I'm hoping that Brian Dable can unlock maybe something that we didn't necessarily see in college because his role was more as a blocker. But speaking on the blocking side of things, bro, he really competes his ass off as a blocker there were several plays in college where he was driving second level defenders off the screen on broadcast copy and you're like holy crap once this guy gets his hands inside and he he's six foot five so his pad level naturally is a little high but he had the i would say flexibility to sink himself and then explode low to high uncoil his hips into contact and then just keep driving and once he got his hands inside on these linebackers and these safeties he really really just ended them and now cannot translate to the next level. Typically, you don't see it translate in the first season, but get him in the weight room for a year, have him get some experience under his belt, learning the speed and adapting to the speed of the NFL. And this guy can be one of the better blockers from this class. I'm not, I would not be shocked if that's the case. Yeah, I could definitely see that. He he has the raw tools, I think. Yeah, he's got like you say, he's got good size. He doesn't have a super high center of gravity, but he also doesn't have a super low center of gravity. But you know, you can compensate for that with good leverage, good angles. And like I said, he's got he's got that base of strength. Like he's coming into the NFL with a good strength base, good upper body strength, good lower body strength. And like you said, he competes his ass off out there. Yeah. I would like to see him you know, fit his hands a little bit better, you know, be a little bit more fundamentally sound, which is, again, that will come with coaching and, you know, get a little bit more time in the weight room, a little bit more of an NFL level of strength, and then just a bit better technique, you know, fit your hands better, uh, maybe take some better angles 
on your blocks. And yeah, he there's no reason why he couldn't be one. I'm not going to say he'd be the best blocker to come out of this draft class, but he could be a good blocker. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24/7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. One thing that I really appreciated too about his ability to block was the core strength and the torque that he displayed on several plays. He's typically against safeties who were kind of coming downhill in the alley. He would pick them up, and once he did get those hands inside, I felt like he did a really good job sealing, getting his hips positioned where the running back was going to go between the running back and the defender. I felt like he did that very well as a blocker at the second level. So I really appreciated his ability to locate in space. I felt like he took pretty good angles. I don't know. You you kind of alluded to the fact that you think he could take better angles. What, what, what's your uh, what's your thought process on that? Well, I, I just thought that there, there were some times like maybe like on the back sides of plays where he d- he didn't put himself in the best position to uh, like stop a linebacker from pursuing the pursuing a play like when he's on the play side his angles are fine at least to my eye yeah it's just again just kind of like polishing and being more consistent in his uh in his technique yeah everybody can be polished that's very true what about his receiving aspects because when i was watching his film and that it's it's weird we'll get into a philosophical excuse me conversation about how this tight end could be used in Brian Dable's offense. But one thing that I loved about Daniel Bellinger, and if you can even just go to pro football focus and look, because the guy never dropped the football, but he had soft hands. And it's not like he was just a body catcher, just absorbing the football into his frame. Like he would extend away from his frame and make some tough looking catches. He had no drops in 2021. He had two in 2020 and one in 2019. Yeah. He didn't have the ball thrown to him all that often in college, but I still Felt like this was a natural ball catcher. May not be someone who's going to stretch the seam. May not be someone who's going to be a <clears throat> mismatch nightmare or anything like that. But definitely someone who could be a good safety blanket in the short to intermediate parts of the field. I feel like Daniel Bellinger would have fit really well into what Jason Garrett wanted out of his tight ends. <laughs> you know, that that's probably a really good description of him. Where maybe he does have the the ability to be a, a seam stretcher you know a guy who can just attack a cover three defense and make that you know, make defenses really pay for calling that shell but right now if, if you want a guy to be a a safety blanket someone who can catch just a quick pass in the flat you know that first read second read they aren't there you got to get the ball out 
he can catch that pass. He can turn up field, you know, pick up a yard or two, keep the offense moving, keep it on schedule and hopefully ahead of the chains. And right now, I think that's kind of all the Giants want from their tight end. But like you said before, he did run a 4-6-3-40. He is a really good athlete. And he's got, you know, he's got big, big hands, you know, 10-inch hands. His arms aren't super long, but, you know, with, you know, 6'5 frame, 32-and-a-half-inch arms, that's a decent catch radius for a tight end. You could eventually maybe ask him to stretch the field to get vertical and you know that that is something i think the giants could use especially if they're using a lot of rpo and quick passing plays to get the ball out of daniel jones's hand quickly the one play that was a pretty explosive play from him was against boise state and it was on a fourth and one i think it was like a 40-yard game to Bellinger on a tight end leak where he just leaks out from the backside of a play-action pass and finds space and gets wide open. Really nice route concept from San Diego State to remove that deep third defender with kind of like an in-breaking post route, but keeping it skinny enough to where the outside defender gets sucked towards the hash. Bellinger was wide open, and I felt like he showed pretty good athletic ability getting out of his stance and just getting into the space, and the throw was well behind him, but that throw could have went for a touchdown or that pass could have went for a touchdown. If it was a good pass, Daniel Bellinger did a good job kind of recollecting his balance, turning his body near the sideline, getting his feet in bounds and then high pointing the ball because it was really just not that great of a throw. But overall, man, what are your expectations of Daniel Bellinger in year one? Cause this is something that I feel like is, I'm not 100% certain on because the Giants have Ricky Seals-Jones, not a blocker. They bring in Jordan Aikens from the Texans who has experience with Bischoff, the tight ends coach, not a blocker. Bellinger was a blocker in college, but will that translate in year one? I'm not 100% certain. So what are your expectations of for Daniel Bellinger heading into his first season as a pro? Yeah, I am not sure as well, but mostly because I'm not sure what the Giants' offense is going to look like. You know, there's a... I think there's a temptation to look at the Buffalo Bills offense or to look at the Kansas City Chiefs offense and try to forecast that forward for the Giants. But the Giants aren't the Bills, and they're not the Chiefs either. Yeah, I that's kind of obvious, but I think it does need to be said. Yeah, they've got different personnel. They're facing different defenses. So I, I'm not sure the Giants can really ask for the keys to Buffalo or Kansas city's house and expect it to open the door for them. And I think something that is a a fascinating aspect of the New York giants offense heading into 2022 is what will this offense look like? Cause a lot of us are under the impression that it's going to be a spread it out kind of offense, a lot of 10 personnel. And I think it will have elements of that. Now, then you factor in Mike Kafka and you also factor in, Josh Allen, because Josh Allen and Daniel Jones are two totally different types of players. We know that. And that's not a knock on Daniel Jones. It's just Josh Allen is a very rare type of breed. So Josh Allen, like that spread out kind of stuff, let's just rely on Josh Allen's playmaking ability to, you know, make plays. Daniel Jones might not mesh as well into that. And I'm wondering if we're going to see a little bit more 11 personnel, maybe even some 12 personnel. Like I said, I think several times in this podcast, it won't be as much as Jason Garrett. But you still might see some because the Giants have a guy named Saquon Barkley, who is much more dynamic than anybody the Buffalo Bills has had at the running back position. So 
I kind of look at this offense and I'm just like, I just can't wait to see what type of personnel packages are going to be rolled out in the preseason. And then specifically in week one, when we really start to see what Brian Dable's offense is all about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we will see a lot more 10 personnel packages than we have historically ever seen from the Giants. Just because they've got a bunch of wide receivers. They've got a bunch of receivers with a lot of similar skill sets. So if you've got two or three slot receivers, you can run like a two by two, 10 personnel package and have two slot receivers basically. But then I, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more 12 personnel than we ever really saw from Kansas city or Buffalo just because of, yeah, like you said, Ricky seals Jones, not a blocker. He, he was a wide receiver who converted to tight end. And then, you, you know, again, Jordan Aikens, not a blocker big receiving tight end but then you've got bellinger who was a blocker who caught a little bit in college so you could have him there as that y tight end and then they have the move tight ends essentially simulating 11 personnel with a 12 personnel package which honestly again that is something i desperately wanted to see the giants do with uh evan ingram and uh, Red Ellison or Kyle Rudolph or you know all of the tight ends they had previously but it kind of like how Bellinger would have been a great fit for Jason Garrett it, it almost seems like the Giants have could run the personnel packages and alignments we wanted to see from them previously but with a completely different cast of uh completely different cast of tight ends that's an interesting point Evan Ingram in a Brian Dable offense makes a lot more sense than Evan Ingram in a Jason Garrett offense. And now Evan Ingram just so happens to not be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's funny the way the, the timing on these things work out. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But overall, man, I mean, this I had a wrote a little report on Bellinger a couple weeks ago, and I my first year expectation was this. Let me let me get your thoughts here, Chris. <clears throat> Bellinger is in a position where he won't be forced into playing time as a rookie tight end, but he could be ready to have a significant role by midseason. He is a good blocking tight end with Y upside. It was a reliable receiver underneath. He may not stretch the field, but he has the spatial awareness to find soft spots in the zone. And he uses his big frame well to make contested catches. Both Seals Jones and Aikens are on one-year deals. Bellinger will see the field in year one and gain important experience that he can use to win the starting job in 2023 and going forward in Brian Dable's offense. That sounds really accurate to me, especially since, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones, he's 27. Uh, Jordan Akins is 30. They've both been in the league for a while. And you know, Seals-Jones, he has dealt with injuries over the years as well. So I do expect to see quite a bit of Bellinger. I don't expect him to be a number one tight end at all. He'll probably start out as a number three, but I expect him to be on the field a fair amount, particularly for a number three tight end. And it will be interesting to see exactly how many tight ends the Giants carry into the season. For me, Matt, oh yeah, absolutely. I think it will be those three. And that's more than what Brian Dable historically has carried. And I think Aikens having experience with the tight ends coach could help. Seals Jones, he's dealt with a lot of nagging injuries throughout his career. I'm wondering if that will hinder him at all this season. But the thing I like about Bellinger is when you have these tight ends, I ask myself, Yes. Is he a good blocker? Can he climb to second level? Can he do X, Y, Z? Yes. This tight end, can he be used effectively underneath intermediate short? Yes. Is he good against zone? 
Yes, he has the spatial awareness, like I said before, to find the soft spots. Is he going to create ample amounts of separation against man coverage? No. But can he make contested catches against linebackers? Yes. Can he block play side as a duo tight end? And I think Bellinger has the upside to do that. Now, he might not be able to do that in year one, but I think going forward, if the Giants do decide to use duo blocking, which is similar to inside zone, you just create double teams and then you vertically displace and then you climb up to the second level, you need a good tight end to effectively run that. And you need a tight end who can really block. The Giants tried to force Evan Ingram to do that in Jason Garrett's scheme that used a lot of duo blocking concepts. And I like Evan Ingram to his credit. He tried, but he would lose a lot faster than what Mike Mayock would want. Let's just put it that way. Because <laughs> we bring that up a lot on the podcast. Whereas Bellinger, I think, will lose slow enough to handle certain edges to allow Saquon Barkley to get to the second level to prevent that defender that Bellinger is blocking to ever have a chance to make a tackle on him. And that's what I think I'm most excited about is you can utilize so many different blocking schemes with Daniel Bellinger. You want to pull him, you want to put him at H back and have him be a lead blocker. a la Caden Smith, 2020. Yeah, I think he can do that. So from a blocking standpoint, I think Bellinger allows you to execute any type of blocking concept that you want from a tight end might not happen in year one, but I think he can easily develop into that. And I base that off of the offense that he's coming out of in San Diego state. And the fact that he showed a lot of traits at San Diego state that suggests that with a little bit more time, with a little bit more experience and strength, he's going to be able to translate that into the NFL and be a starting why. Yeah. And that was something Joe Shane talked about either during or just after the draft that a lot of their day three picks, their mid and later round picks, they are they were picked with development in mind yeah maybe not having them being uh, productive members of the team in 2022 but then having them step forward work with the coaches and become core members of the team in 2023 and beyond and that's something bellinger could potentially do yeah i i've mentioned this before and he reminds me of kevin boss when he was a rookie yeah, coming out of college. Yeah. Boss, he was a core piece of the Giants offense from 2008 until he left the team, you know, very suddenly and surprisingly to become a Raider. Unfortunately, his career didn't last much longer than that. But, you know, that first year he played and I believe it was 13 games. He started two, but only after Jeremy Shockey broke his leg. Yeah, Shockey, the Giants don't have a tight end like that unless we are go in for a big surprise with Bellinger. But if Bellinger can be that first off the bench reserve tight end, a guy who can block, who can catch, who can be a who can be a safety valve for the offense, you know, maybe produce some in catch and run situations, fall forward, use his frame to pick up first downs and third and short, that sort of thing. Yeah, that I think is plenty for this year and then yeah get him working with the coaches and get him developing, get him some experience so he can really step forward and be that starter in 2023 when those one-year deals are up. And that's what we're all hoping for at that point. And whether Brian Dable and this new offense, if they use more 11, if they use 12, I I'm, tend to agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot more 10 than we've ever seen, but that doesn't mean they won't use 12 in certain situations. I think the the difference in the offense between what the Giants are going to run this year and what the Bills did last year is 
A, Josh Allen, and B, Saquon Barkley, who, according to a lot of people on the beat, is being used in the slot, is being used outside. I'm excited to see how they utilize Saquon Barkley. But if you give Saquon Barkley a tight end who can block and an offensive line that can block, we might see a 2018 Saquon Barkley, which, I mean, sign me up for that any day of the week because it's been a, it's been a rough couple years here, Chris. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you talk about, you know, Barkley's being used in the slot. We've got Wandale Robinson who can be used in the slot. Kadarius Tony who can be used in the slot. Sterling Shepard coming back from injury but when he's healthy one of the best slot receivers in the nfl we've talked about the four verts offense we might see the four slot offense <laughs> just slots all over the place and <laughs> slots yeah, and who all knows? the way down <laughs> daniel bellinger he's another player who can be a big slot too <laughs> he can execute that role as well absolutely you know it, it, when we were recorded talking about cordell flot i i said i was excited to talk about these date sorry round day three round four picks and this is why these guys have – they're under-the-radar players, but they've got a lot of very interesting ways in which they can be used and ways in which they can be developed going forward. Yes. And, again, another thing that we probably should have mentioned before, Daniel Bellinger, speaking on his athletic ability, he, was, he ran track in, in high school, and he played basketball. Like This is somebody who is a, a good all-around athlete. Now, four six three, like we said, that's, I think that probably speaks to how fast he was on his tape. But I think that's plenty athletic enough to make a difference. But Chris, anything else you have on Daniel Bellinger? Yeah, I think we've about covered it pretty well. And I'm not quite sure how much there is to say until we at least get a rough framework of what the offense is going to look like. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please head on over to the website, bigblueview.com, and check out all the extensive coverage of the OTAs, training camp, all the stuff that's going to be coming down the pipeline. I'm sure Chris and I will be doing some summer school stuff, which will be fun before the season kicks off. It will be right around the corner soon enough, and I can't wait. Thank you, everybody, and take care of yourselves. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.